happy you're not here with me and when those blues. So apparently this is Andy Hart's second favorite Christmas song because that tracks. Yeah, hit me with Fogelberg yesterday, which yeah, was the downer. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how. And then this one, I'm all for you know cartoons, but. This is this not even Rich Keith likes this. No, I thought you would appreciate really. it, no, Mr. Yeah, Muppets himself. I do. Oh man, I love the Muppets. But Muppet this Family is Christmas Dork Podcast, by the way. Oh really? Full breakdown of the 1987 TV special. Oh, the fantastic! Yeah. How many times have you done this? I feel like you do it every year. Do I? You've never done it? It's never enough. You're no. always talking about the Muppets I Christmas am. special. But this was a full episode breakdown. We've done like top 25 Christmas movies, and that was included. But this is just solely dedicated to that movie. Real quick, uh, yeah. Dork Podcast uh, breakdown Doesn't or have review. to be quick. Go ahead. This could be the next two hours. <laughs> so I, I had texted you that my son got the, the Funko Pop Marvel yeah. uh, advent calendar. Yeah, I'm bummed I don't have this. <laughs> oh, now you're going thumbs down. You're, oh, you're no. hyping it up for me. What's wrong with it? Freaking 14 days in, he's got like three repeats. No. Oh, no. Oh, be, you... So it's not 25 new ones? So now I'm wondering, and maybe you can research this in yeah. your little dork world, oh, but... Is, that sounds demeaning. It does. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're like collectibles, like baseball cards, and so it's just like a total random what you get for the 24 days, because there's uh. a couple that are like slightly different versions. They're glitter versus non-glitter. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, yeah. it's the exact same figure. Oh, but yeah, he I'm, already sure, got... I'm sure everybody's is a little bit different, hence the sort of like the surprise. But there should be 24 different. You there shouldn't should have be. two Captain America snowmen, and he has two Captain America snowmen right, Bring already. one in next time. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a change in the times, though, Rich, where like when I, was yeah. in, when I was in high school, it was weird to be into like Marvel and stuff like that. Andy's son is the yeah. starting quarterback and is a Marvel fan. Yeah. Oh, See, that's why. That's wrong? why now it's like now it's weird if you aren't into Marvel and Star Wars. That's like dork. <laughs> Davey and I were ahead can... of the time because Davey and I in high school loved all that stuff. Like, didn't matter because we were also playing sports and we're liking that stuff. You should like whatever you like. Don't who exactly. cares what anybody else thinks. There you go. I think that was John trying to make himself cool. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I, how, I don't no, know. What I'm it was. just saying how the times have changed. <laughs> I tried to forget. You know, like how already. it's cool yeah. to wear glasses now, whereas yeah. I got bullied in middle school Shut for up, wearing man, glasses. That's cool to wear glasses now. Oh yeah, no, what? it's like a style thing. Oh, no, like Dwayne Wade wears them without lenses. Yeah, the or fake whatever. ones. Next fake thing ones. we know, yeah. we're gonna get Russell Westbrook. It's cool to go to the bathroom twelve times a day and have a <laughs> finger that points north. <laughs> it's or west. If Sorry. you're not going to the bathroom on the twenties, then I don't know what to tell you. I'm with John on that one. It's like John, a Billy Madison. You. If you're not wetting your pants, you're not cool. Yeah, Miles Davis. <laughs> right. I can hear when sports radio was originally yeah. invented. I'm Stan Martin. Poop and sports on the 20s. Here I'm a fan. <laughs> Going back to advent calendars. So we have a Lego one, and that's all new all the time. Everything See, it should be. Oh, my God. Legos? Are Legos, you kidding it's me? Great. It's super fun. However, they have extra pieces in every single bag. I don't get I'm it. Like, why is there extra what? pieces in every single bag? For Gosh, a teeny crazy. little Lego Figure? Yeah. So it's not just a figure. So two of them to this point have been figures. Other ones are like little like muffin stands, or this one is like you know a little fire pit, or it's like all like like outdoor kind of stuff around Christmas time. And, and so each day we open it and make it every time. I'm like, so I told my wife, I'm like, well, maybe at the end you build something all crazy with all of the yes. extra pieces. Maybe now yes. that would be interesting. Yeah, that I'm would be a no. nice little That's Easter egg unlikely. by them. Unlikely. unlikely. Yeah. I remember when my youngest went through the uh, the Lego phase. Yeah. He wanted them, but he didn't want to put them together. Oh, so okay. one year he was like, 
He was right. like, what's that space? Lazy man Lego. He's yeah, like, what's right. that spaceship thing? And I go, the millennial, Millennium Falcon? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I want that one. So, of course. You got to make. Oh, that's like 4,000 pieces It took my right? wife like a week and a half I and bet. like about uh, probably a case of wine to put that thing together. <laughs> thing with Legos? Wow. Yeah, this is my one thing I'll say negative against Lego out yep. there. Really expensive. Oh, my God, yes. Legos are real pricey. Too expensive. Because, like, both They're my nephews wild. like Legos, and you're like, oh, and then you're like looking at the stuff, and you're like, all right, I'll get this. You can get this little car. Is, is anyone <laughs> surprised that Hart said too expensive? Shot down a million dollar playground? Yeah. Well, no I mean, surprise. Like, $300 for a little put together plastic brick set yeah. seems a bit much to me. It's so Legos are like a, you need a rich uncle or something. You do. Yeah, not a yeah, rich grandparent. No, no, rich Keith ain't going to help you. A, a wealthy <laughs> uncle. <laughs> well, let's get to Andy Hart. He is with us today, and of course, he's presented by McFarland yes. Energy, where they provide the most dependable home heating, oil delivery, and HVAC service, including Lennox Heating and Cooling Systems. Learn more at McFarlandEnergy.com. A uh, lot of talk about Hart, whether... Mac Jones should or shouldn't be getting into the rear end of his teammates verbally when need be. What say you? Yeah, uh, we talked to Tom Curran a little bit about it yesterday, and, and I know our guy Kyrie Thompson wrote a column about it today on the website. I'm with those guys. I think that's part of Mac's job. Now, there's a fine line. I think you can go to that well too often, and do you overdo it? And, you know, we've seen that over the years from Dan Marino We've seen that over the year. Philip Rivers, some of the more fiery quarterbacks. Brady, I think, picks his spots. Yeah, right, right. Um, So I think you have to be careful how you do it, how it's executed, when it's executed, does it lose value. Um, But I absolutely think, even as a second-year player, you're a captain, you're the quarterback, you're the franchise quarterback we expect and hope. That that goes with that job, especially – given the the spot he's been put in and the amount of pressure and sort of issues that have been thrown on his plate by Bill Belichick. I keep going back to the comment in the summer about Joe Judge, you know, he and I are teaching each other out here. Like, <laughs> Not wait, great. What? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to ask your damn quarterback to teach his damn quarterback's coach, I think he can have a fiery outburst every once in a while. How much now the win on Monday gets them into the playoffs as of right now. Hmm. How much of that, though, changes the feeling of the team you think because offensively they they look pretty good against Minnesota and then when you saw the following week against a really good team they fell apart completely this week we knew it was not a very good offense then you throw in the fact that Kyler Murray gets hurt and they they win the game they're supposed to win that game at that point and they do but does that change everything like I saw some of those locker room you know Bill Belichick trying to hype everybody up in the locker room and stuff after the game or do they still look at it as this is a team that has more struggles than than not and the future doesn't seem to be all that bright? Yeah, I, I think um, – I don't think anything changes after Got this it, game. Yeah. This was penciled in as a win. You were the favorite. As you mentioned, three plays in, Kyler Murray's gone. And then, you know, I talked about this with Gresh yesterday. You dig deeper, you still stunk on third down. It's not like everything offensively against a bad defense, a defense that no matter how you rated it, is a bad defense. I don't care who's out there, what players you want to point to, J.J. Watt, Zach Allen, whatever those guys did. You should have been more productive uh, than you were. You you got to 27, but, oh, by the way, you still got another defensive score mm-hmm. to get there. It's not like you're piling up offensive points. So, um, you know, it's great. Give you know There could have been an opportunity lost if you had stumbled and you were in a dogfight with Colt McCoy in the third quarter, but you didn't. You did what you needed to do. You got the win, but I don't think it's 
Um, you know, Matthew Slater used the word springboard a couple weeks ago with Mutt and I looking forward to this trip to Arizona and then Las Vegas. Hopefully this could be a bonding springboard for the team down the stretch. I'm not sure the first leg of this, the win in Arizona, was was a springboard. It was a, okay, you got the win. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you do next week. I know that we talked a lot about the offense and maybe Nick Cayley calling plays and things like yes. that, Hart, but are there guys coaching for their job seems strong. But, like, if you're Cam Accord, Accord, whatever, do you need a good final four weeks to kind of keep your gig? Do you think that as Bill Belichick might be evaluating, hey, I might have to make a change here on offense, that there are others that are being evaluated as well? I don't really. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in, I guess, the minority because I think some people want the offense to fall apart, so Patricia is definitely out of the play-caller role. I think he's already out of the play-caller role. Beyond that, um, if you were going to fire Acord, I think last year was the time to do it after that debacle of a season. And as we project forward, if I'm right and there's a new um, boss of the offense next year, however that whatever form that comes in, that likely allows for Patricia – and Judge to be reassigned, which means Judge could be reassigned to senior assistant head coach slash special teams where he now oversees Acord. You don't have to fire him. I mean, Bill Belichick is few and far between coaches he's let go over the years, and I don't even know how many firings there have actually been. There have been some, you know, unfortunately I use a phrase that's used around our station, contract not renewed. They're not renewing the contracts of um, guys over Mm -hmm. the years, and they just kind of let walk. I don't see Bill's. Lo- it's it's a two way street of loyalty for the most part. Like these guys remain loyal to Bill because they know he's going to remain loyal to them. And regardless of the struggles on special teams the last two years at times, um, I think Acord will probably be back. How good is Josh Uche? So he had three sacks. He was named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He is the only player in the league with multiple three sack games, and also as Mike Reese points out, ten sacks since Week Eight, which is the most in the NFL. Over that span, uh, is this guy all of a sudden an incredible player, or what, what's going on with Uche? I don't think it's all of a sudden, um, and I know Bill says this all the time for a lot of players, but like availability, he's been healthy. He's yeah. finally out there with regularity, both in terms of the game field, but also the preparation process and being on the practice field and in the summer being available. And this is a guy that has always had athletic ability. I remember talking to Don Brown. Back when he was dra- when Josh Uche was drafted, Don Brown was the defensive coordinator at Michigan. He was his guy, and he said, "This is a guy that I would have liked to have come back for one more year." But he, there is no doubt that he has elite NFL pass rush ability. Now, all the rest of the aspects of the game and being a professional and doing everything he needs, setting the edge, playing the run, there was some developmental stuff there. But uh, Don Brown was on board with this is an elite pass rusher, and now you look. He's starting to reach the potential that Don Brown talked about. Heck, Matt Judon, dating back to the summer, has raved about uh, Uche and that he's maybe the best pass rusher on the team. Wise has raved about him. Even in the offseason, the Belichicks, Bill and Steve, I think, were talking him up as a key part of the defense. And I know we kind of roll our eyes because they go to that well with different guys over the years and it never comes to fruition. Uh, Well, this is one that they projected and they got right, and he's kind of... Uh, coming into his own in his third year and it's it's going to be interesting because he kind of did nothing the first two years and if he does develop into an elite player you're going to get one year out of him right 
And then it's like starting to think about contract. Do I have to sign him? I mean, hell, if he keeps up this pace, which is highly unlikely, I don't think he's going to have three sack games every third week mm-hmm. through the, the rest of the next year and a half. I mean, you're talking about a guy, do you want to give him a massive contract? Is he a franchise tag type guy? The one thing I will say, and I, I said this to Gresh yesterday, is he's Robin right now. He gets to play opposite the NFL sacks leader in Matthew Judon. What is it like if Judon's not out there? And I'm not advocating for an injury or anything like, oh, I need to see it and I want to see Judon out of the lineup. But I do think it's a little bit different when you're the bookend to the guy who's done it for three, four years in a row and been a pro bowler and is making $50 million. It's a little different being out there with him and then at some point getting your opportunity to be the guy that is going to get double teamed and the, and the, the protections are going to slide to you. But it, it's... It's good for them. I mean, that's the one thing. If you want to sell yourself on something to believe in down the stretch, wouldn't the pass rush be one of those things that you could maybe believe in that well, they could change games? And I want to ask you about that because Christian Barmore can return this week off of injured reserve, yet they're showing a little pulse on the inside pass rush. Now, maybe some of that was the Cardinals' offensive line, understood. Yes. But at Quali, you've been getting some you've been getting good push in the middle. How do you view Barmore fitting back into this defense once he's upright? Oh, I think if he's healthy, you want him on the field. You add him to the rotation. Maybe that takes a little bit off of Lawrence Guy's plate as he gets a little older. Maybe it takes a little bit off of Dietrich Wise's plate as he is playing more reps than he's ever played um, this year, up over 80%, those types of numbers. So you add him to that rotation. I mean, any defensive coach will tell you, if you have guys that are good enough to rotate, you'll only be better. They'll only be fresher, right? You don't wear those guys down in trench warfare over the course of 60 minutes week after week after week. Um, so we've seen that from a lot of teams over the years. If you end up with that depth, absolutely, Barmore adds to that. And in theory, he's the best. He's the best interior. He's supposed to be the best interior rusher that you have. I also think it's interesting. You bring up Iquale. Um, We had Tavai make that play on fourth down the other day. It's been a good... Uh, Good week plus for sort of the the Belichick family um, guys and projections. Like Aquale has always been a Bill guy. He's always seemingly played. And then you get Tavai making that play. And I know we're always like, huh, well, why did they re-sign Tavai? Why does he need a contract extension? But those guys are starting to make plays a little bit for this this defensive front. Lastly, looking ahead heart to uh, the Raiders on Sunday. What do you make of them? They had at one point three of the worst losses in the league in a row. Then they won three in a row. And then they just lost to the Rams with... Baker Mayfield, who just showed up that day. So you don't really know what you're going to get with the Raiders. They have a lot of talent. The record's not great. You do have the old coaching tree matchup thing, though, where, where Bill struggles. So what's your take on uh, the, the Vegas Raiders? Yeah, they blow leads. And um, I didn't want to end that sentence after just two words. They blow leads. Smart. And they have two of the worst losses in the NFL this year, in my opinion. When you lose to Jeff Saturday, yeah. who was like four days out of the NFL uh you know, media suite, mm-hmm. and then you lose to Baker Mayfield, who booked his own flight, hoping and <laughs> guessing he might be on that team. He uh-huh. was there for like 48 hours. Um, those are just bad losses for Josh and that defense and Patrick Graham. And and that's the problem. Their defense kind of stinks. Chandler Jones was a nothing uh, for most of the first half of the year. He's come on a little bit of late, but the defensive issues... Now, they're not perfect offensively either. I'm not, you know, going to prop Josh up and say it's been... All roses. They've dealt with injuries. Obviously, Waller and Renfro, you would think, are a key part of that offense. They've been injured. Um, so there's issues there. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is the ultimate tease to me. 
he's that he's that you're in the middle ground like you know you can do worse you've seen worse you see a lot of teams mm-hmm. that have worse but deep down do you really believe you can win a super bowl or win big games with Derek Carr as your quarterback and I don't I don't think you can I've come to sort of accept that I don't know if Josh has come to accept that as the season has played out because he just makes some boneheaded throws and boneheaded plays. He's a little, I mean, Kirk Cousins, like these guys that can put up numbers, they're good, they're starting caliber quarterbacks in the league, but do they have it? Do they have it to put you over the top? And I don't think so. That being said, I mean, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams are can single-handedly beat any team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Either of those guys can go off for 200 yards. Yeah at any point or together in a game combined for 300 or hell Jacobs had 300 on his own in one of those wins um, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So are they, they have the potential to beat you and the matchup with Josh is, is the most intriguing aspect because he's had success against bill. A lot of lieutenants have had success against bill. Um, so I don't, I don't pencil this in as a layup. I don't think this is a uh, mm-hmm. just show up and win the game kind of game. All right, good stuff from our friend Andy Hart. You can read him at weei.com. And, of course, it'll be the season of Hart coming up at Christmas time. Lots of Andy Hart yeah. coming up here on WEEI. Thank you, Hart. Appreciate Everybody it. Everybody loves Hart.